I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck. to talk about this week on Major League A-Holes, the show. I'm Pete. I'm Ryan. Welcome to the show. Special Thursday night edition. Beer drinking edition. I've, I'm starting my third beer tonight. What, what are you on right now? Are you, I'm, you just got uh, done with I'm, work, didn't you? I just got done with work, so I'm on Coke Zero and water for now. Oh, come on. I've got the Coke Zero and beer. <laughs> I, I will be having a, a post- uh celebratory bourbon after Ooh. this after this brilliant show we're about to take everyone through <laughs> and take this journey with us people embark on this adventure with us this evening because this will be one of the greatest shows in major league a-holes history wow that's a, okay that's a take it away ryan that, that just made me nervous that's a, that's a lot to live <laughs> up to right now um yeah welcome to the show we've got a lot to a lot of shit to talk about uh rivalry weeks uh we are in the midst of one of the greatest times in major league a-holes history considering all our teams are playing each other except for the giants but um lots to talk about there we've got uh let's see we've got uh I've got a gigantism. I've got some aesthetics. We've got Cubs, a Cubs rub that I think everyone will enjoy. We've got a little bit of sexual harassment to make it a little even, even keeled. Got to balance yeah. this shit out. Uh, oddly enough, we're each taking our own team. Usually yeah. it goes the other way, but yeah. we're both mildly annoyed with a couple things out there. Yeah, we're equal opportunity annoyed. So. <laughs> Of course, we've got more shit you couldn't make up, and one of the greatest, most ridiculous assholes of the week, the biggest slam dunk asshole of the week we've had in a while. Yeah, um, unbelievable. Yeah, so I think everybody knows about this one, so can't wait to get to that at the end of the show. So might as well just jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the news. The big news. Oh, fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. Today, just kind of going around the league, uh, I saw that Glaber Torres hurt his hamstring to for the New York Yankees, making that like yeah, the it, ninth, ninth or tenth major injury they've had on their team so far this year. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, I thought the socks were bad for a while there, but yeah. they're just like starting to run away with it. Well, we brought this up with Stanton and Judge last week and how yeah. often they're injured and they're always injured. And that's just continues the trend with the Yankees with Clyber Torres. So it's a bummer. I haven't heard if it's a long term injury or just a short term hamstring thing. But anytime you see a hamstring, it kind of makes you wonder if that's going to be several weeks, which would be. <laughs> It's several weeks. It's half the season, and in such a short season, so that's tough. The other, I guess, the other big news is also in New York. Uh, there are two positive COVID tests in the in the Mets uh, organization. One player and one staff member uh, tested positive days, so that puts the Yankees Mets series in jeopardy this weekend right now. So 
not great news to start out with, but um, yeah, I mean, as long as these can remain uh, one or two out, one or two cases here and there, a couple postponements here and there. I think yesterday they had the first day all season where there wasn't a single postponement. Yeah, I believe like so. every game, every scheduled game was actually played yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that lasted one day, but uh, baby steps, I guess. Yeah. Who? Hey, Cespedes, smart dude, smart, good call. I don't, What's that? I don't care that he uh, he opted out of the season. See, he knew. Yeah, yeah, he, he knew, knew it was up. He knew it was he up. He kind of. I think he opted out about three years ago, basically. Well, but... yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of in a way. He got a lot of money. He's fine. He's a, again smart dude. He's he's quite all right. Smart dude. Yeah, he's quite all right. I so uh, the other news that we could talk about runs us right into rivalry weeks. Uh, your your boy Lucas Gilito. I mean, I don't know. know. How to, I don't know how else to put this, but he shoved it up the Tigers' ass today. Uh, Thirteen strikeouts at one point. I was listening on the radio and I was out for a walk. He threw, I think it was nine changeups in a row. And got swinging strikes on the majority of them because he just could throw it, and the Tigers had no idea what to do with it. It's just like yeah. I'll just keep throwing a change up. What what the fuck are you guys gonna do? I think he ended up with like forty change ups on the day, which is just ridiculous. And the Tigers hitters could not could not adjust. So that puts to end what is a <laughs> ridiculous I, I, series. Uh, I think I think you've got a lot to talk about with your triumphant well, four game sweep. I just want to say I'm sad that the Tigers are leaving town. I, mean, <laughs> I don't blame the, you. This is it, it makes your team get healthy statistic-wise uh, in, in quite a hurry. But, I mean, honestly, the highlight of the series was last night. Um, what, was, yeah, what, what, was, what was interesting about that game is, as a baseball fan, you had to be excited to see both pitchers go. Uh, Casey Mize number one pitching prospect i think number one overall prospect right ryan for uh, the i think he's the number two well he's the number two prospect in all of baseball before he got in all of baseball so yeah definitely okay, their so number one but so definitely their number one so uh, <laughs> he got the call up and then um dave dunning who who is coming back from uh tommy john surgery he finally got the call up uh they felt he was ready to you know, hopefully get them through about five, maybe six innings because he's still, you know, he's still not the as they like as, as Stone can point out yesterday, he's not fully uh, elasticized in, in that elbow area. <laughs> I do yet. remember him saying that. I thought yeah. that was a cool, cool word for it. But uh, I, you know what? They both had almost the exact same stat line, which is hilarious. That- but it was the most entertaining four and a third innings you could ask out of yeah. any two pitchers because they threw some filthy shit out there that some major league hitters like were just, I mean, Cabrera at one point, I mean, Tim Anderson on a fork ball. And what was so cool about the slow-mo replay on this to show how much that fork ball moved, yeah. when he struck Anderson out, when Anderson starts to swing, and now you, and this will give you a reason why a major league hitter would swing at a ball that almost mm-hmm. ends up on the plate. If you watch that in slow mo, his bat was lined up with the ball at that point. Mm-hmm. It's what the ball did after that. Yeah. That just screwed, like, screw, just totally screwed you. It was, you know, it was, it was obviously the best game of the series just because it was a tight matchup right to the very end. But, 
Yeah. And then Encarnacion decided to show up, start to show up in the Tiger series and uh, the parrot. And that was all, uh, that yeah. was all uh, she wrote. I could do without the parrot, I think. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Encarnacion did show, finally show Casey Mize what the major leagues are all about. I think, I think both pitchers, it's like you said, it was amazing how similar their, their games were like their, their first outings happen to be their stat lines are almost identical, like four and a third innings. I know Mize had seven strikeouts and no walks. I think, I think Dunning was pretty close to that. He had um, seven strikeouts and one walk. Okay. Yeah. Close enough. I mean, it was crazy. They definitely have totally different stuff, which I thought was interesting. The coolest thing about it. And you and I were texting back and forth a little bit during the game, but, how I was watching the White Sox broadcast, and it was just fun to see how excited Steve Stone was about both pitchers. He was not being the yeah. typical White Sox homer broadcast. They were fired up about how much, how unique, what a unique experience it was to see two young pitchers that, that had such crazy stuff. Um, they, it, the analysis was fantastic all night. So that, that, was, that was a blast. I, and as a Tiger fan, I appreciated that out of, out of your White Sox broadcast crew. Um, Casey Mize, everything is advertised. Um, I, I really, I mean, with a number one overall pick, you get a lot of hype, and sometimes that doesn't always pan out. But, I I mean, for a first outing, I couldn't be more more no. impressed. Yeah, no. Um, I, mean, I mean, the fact that they, they both had seven strikeouts, but it was only over four and a third inning. Now, yeah. uh, like, I mean, that that in itself, like you, when these guys go to six or seven innings, like yeah. you'll get you know, Lucas Gelito 13 K day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not to bring that back up again, but yeah. yeah, I'm sure that was tough for you to bring up again. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, yeah, that was interesting. They both, they, you could see them both running out of gas, like at the same time. Yeah. The thinning, and it was obvious. Cause I mean, you saw the, the stat lines blow up at that point and, I felt at the time like Garden Hire definitely should have taken <laughs> taken Mize out of a batter or two earlier, but that's that's fine. It's not that big a deal. The, one of the one of the best things I saw of that of Mize at least was his post game interview. Uh, he he couldn't have been more excited. He said that that was like the most fun he's ever had on a pitching mound, and despite getting his ass kicked in the fifth inning, he's like I've never had this much fun. So it just both pitchers, you could tell, like the moment did not, did not like get to them. It was like, yeah, that's what just, was interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's such a. I mean, maybe that has something to do with the, like not you know no crowd in the stands, but still, your first major league start. I mean, I, I'm kind of gonna blow smoke up your ass, but it's also, it's all. I think it's true. Is I almost think Casey Mize's outing is more impressive because your lineup is a hell of a lot more impressive than then the Tigers line up and yeah, we did give him a little bit of a break last night. You got Zach Collins. <laughs> yeah, uh, a little bit, you, but you got, got no Lou Rob. I don't so. remember. Yeah. That helped too. But I don't remember in the last week or so, uh, Tim Anderson, not getting like 10 hits in a game <laughs> or that's, that's lead true. off home he, runs. He, and yeah, he, I mean, he had a, I think he had a home run again today. Yeah, he, he did. did. He, uh, yeah, he yeah. did. He yeah. absolutely did. So I, I almost almost take that as a badge of honor that somehow we got Mize got through your your lineup for no he did he got through he got times. through that top of that order uh, a decent amount of times I he mean, he throws strikes he he throws 
he's got command. Steve Stone talk about that a lot. Like he just commands in the zone, like and with with multiple pitches, he can throw he can throw whatever he wants in the zone and get get swings and misses, which you don't you don't see a whole lot out of first time first time starters. So no, yeah, I the mean, thing was... the thing that makes me nervous, of course, because I have to be a little bit negative here, as we always All are. Right. But go ahead. His bread and butter is the fork ball or the splitter or yeah, right. whatever you call it. And that that has kind of fallen out of favor over the last 20, 20 or so years because it is associated with elbow injuries. Uh, just pointed that out last Yeah, time. yeah. And that's been talked about a lot, especially this morning on uh, Detroit Sports Talk Radio. But, um, you know, that, that's what he was doing in college. That's what he was doing in high school. So this is not a this is not a surprise. This is not how you know he finally emerged out of nowhere. He started throwing a forkball. This is this is what he's always done, and he hasn't run into the same same injury problems that you you hear about. So hopefully he has engineered the the perfect forkball that does not affect the elbow the way it has to multiple players over the years. So that's, that's the thing that makes me a little bit nervous, but fucking, Hey, you can see the, the movement on, on his pitches. Like you mentioned with that, that pitch to Anderson was just, it was a strike was, and, <laughs> until it was, it, until it landed on the fucking plate. I mean, it's just yeah. crazy. It was filthy, right? That, filthy. that would be filthy. That was some. Yeah. Filth. Um, speaking of just Tim Anderson, I mean, Good God, since he's come back from the injury, he has just been on a just like epic run, a torrid pace. He's even, I think he's had like two walks over the last like seven or five days or something. Uh, two or three he walks, has. too. Yeah. He, so, I mean, he's looking I, better than Ricky Henderson as a leadoff hitter right now, so, which it, is hard to do. So, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, he had a stolen base today. got into the stolen base game. I mean, it, it, I, uh, it's going to be, it, it does, I'm interested to see, I, I, we, we all know, we all feel the same way about the Tigers. This is still just another <laughs> rebuilding year. They're not supposed to do much, but they had a lot of, they came out of the gates really well. So there was that little, there's that hint of optimism that was there, but I don't want to make too much out of this series because like, it's not like, like the next series, which we're going to get into in, in a little bit. It'll be more of a, they're very, two very evenly matched teams. So it'll be more of a measuring stick to see where the Sox are really at right now. Yeah, that's, that's actually literally the next thing I was going to talk about was how your, like Tim Anderson's emergence also happens to coincide with playing the Tigers like seven times <laughs> in the last well, 10 days. So, but he did, who do they, I, I can't even remember now who was the series right before Cleveland again. Yeah, it was Cleveland. Yeah. And he he did he tore up that series though too. So no, uh, you only won one game of that series, but no, the, but he his I didn't that, say the team tore it up. I said right. he tore it up. Well, that, that leads me to so. my next my next point was half of your wins this season are against the Detroit Tigers. So my and you know what you gotta you know hey Ryan as I pointed out with with you Darvish last week. The Sox don't make the schedule. They just have to play the games, buddy. Well, hey, and I brought this up in our season preview that this is part of why I picked the White Sox to go to the World Series <laughs> to at least win their division because they were going to be playing the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals for 33% of their season. So, yeah, so. I think they're in pretty good shape in that regard. Um, so, yeah. Their playoff, you, you, their, their playoff percentage went up from uh, – 
I believe a week ago is around like 69%. It's 89% after today's game. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, what was that? I think, oh, the only thing I wanted to bring up is the Tigers are now on a nine game losing streak. Oh, I didn't even realize that part. Yeah, well, oh, most, wow. of it, most of it's because of you guys. The other part of it is because of the Cleveland Indians who have beaten the Tigers going into last year, included 20 games in a row, which Holy is shit. insane. Wow. But it yeah. just dawned on me that the nine games they have lost in a row just now would be the same as a 24-game losing streak uh, in a normal yeah. season. So uh, they're getting into historic, historic <laughs> levels of incompetence um the the positive in that from a from a tigers fan side i guess you could say is like you said earlier there was there was some optimism uh, as late as early last week that you know the tigers might might have something going on here but this losing streak is obviously given some clarity to the season that this is a team that is doing nothing this year and they need to lose all the games they possibly can and potentially trade off any any assets they can to look towards the future um so this week and your white Sox have did they kind of did me a favor like now i have clarity you know i don't have to root for tigers wins anymore i can root for tigers losses from here on out and yeah, there you go <laughs> it just uh, it was it was tough being in that being in that nether nether area in between so right thank you Thank you very yeah. much. Oh, hey, anytime. Uh, one one final note. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to read it, but L Lou Rob was uh, interviewed by ESPN, um, and he, La Pantera. The, yes, they did. They asked him something, and this is a Tigers connection. Is why I'm bringing it up. They asked him uh, what was like so so coming to the majors and playing in your first major league baseball game. Like, what was your like? Who was the player you couldn't believe? And he's like. I couldn't believe it when I caught a uh, a, a flyout from Miguel Cabrera, Cabrera yeah, because he was cool. his, his like one of his favorite players. Like, oh, that's that, awesome! That I didn't know that. So, so yeah, so I thought that was really cool. I just thought it'd be worth bringing up during this. Segment. That is like, cool that, because I haven't heard many interviews with La Pantera at all. So I don't. He's kind of a mystery in in general to me. So that's cool that he's he has similar perspectives on baseball as I do. Yeah, <laughs> there, there you go. For quite some time, Miguel yes. Cabrera. So that's that's cool. And one other thing, this, and I don't want to get us derailed, but one thing that came out of that article that I wasn't aware of, and maybe you were, I don't remember discussing it on this show, is that part of the COVID protocol prevents them from watching any video on pitchers, not only before the games, but during the games. They can't watch their at bats anymore for mechanical issues. And they they don't get any video. They're not allowed to go into the video room anymore. That might, no team. Oh, really? That might be a combination of COVID rules and Houston Astros cheating rules. Because I know the video, like the video monitoring, like was going to be curtailed tremendously. After oh, that's that. right during the game. But like, they, there's no like pre. Yeah, you know, like I they, they, you'd watch all the video pregame of like tendencies and stuff like that. It's all yeah. like old school right now. It's all yeah, because like, you you that that video would be queued up by like a video director or whatever. Yeah, so they, and they don't want people. All these, they don't yeah. want people sitting in the same rooms like that. So I could see. Yeah, that, so but. it makes sense. So it's interesting. So anyone like all there's a lot of teams having some pretty good seasons hitting right now, and I wonder if you know I don't know if this is going to change things at all, but maybe you don't need you know all that 
as you know that as much as as you as you think you did. Maybe. Well, the the game survived for 140 years before. Yeah, the, right. The so. expansion of video review like that. So I think I think that people can figure it figure it the fuck out. Yeah, but speaking of rivalry weeks, how about the one of the weirdest series uh, on on record so far this season, the uh, Cubs card series. Yeah, a five game, three day series uh, started this week. Uh, Cubs came out on top three games to two. Fortunately, it was dicey there for a while. I was a little worried that was going to be a really bad series, but ended up working out well. It, again, it's we brought this up last week. Um, it's ridiculous that they're having to play two doubleheaders in a period of three days. Um, like I said, five games in three days. I'm not sure that's ever been done. Uh, maybe it has, but you know, there are also seven seven inning games, which those are those are you those are not <laughs> there. It was nice that most of them are quick, but um, they don't feel like real major league games. And I feel like it's an advantage to the Cardinals who are going to play a lot of seven inning games. Like they're, they're going to play, I think 10 different seven inning games, which is what 20 fewer innings than anybody else, you know, in those games. Fortunately, the Cubs actually won a few of those, few of those, or I think two out of four doubleheader games they won. And I think they won actually at the, the other weird thing about this is how yeah, the they won Cardinals, the road team. Yeah. The Cardinals were the home team for a couple of those at Wrigley field. And it's just like it was confusing during the game. Like I, I got confused a few times. The announcers got confused a few times. Like oh, the bottom of the ninth. But wait a minute, the Cubs, the Cubs aren't up. Like <laughs> what's happening here? So I don't know. It just comes back to my theory that this is it's kind of bullshit that the rest of the league has to accommodate the Cardinals and other teams that have had so many games postponed. Again, I'm not I'm not blaming them for catching COVID, but it's also not the Cubs' fault that the Cardinals got COVID. You know so. Right. You know, the Cubs also have never had a positive test, so they're still being penalized for this shit. But I don't know. It's kind of beating a dead horse at this point. Fortunately, I, I just I thought it was good. They got a day off today, though. You want to talk about it was the huge. Most deserved, yeah. the most deserved days off in yeah. baseball. I mean, five games in 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 three days. Do you want I wonder, though, if the when the Cardinals come back to town. Will it be better for the Cubs just to be the away team since they won two games as yeah. the away team and only one as the home team? I mean, yes, clearly it is better. Okay, <laughs> so there you go. See? Uh, the I think the the other biggest takeaway from this series is uh, Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell actually looks like Craig Kimbrell for the first time in a Cubs uniform. Uh, I, I don't think he, he did get a save yesterday, right? He got that, a that's fucking save. It's like a breaking news. Yeah. Three strikeouts. I think I posted on the asshole standings last night, a picture of it happened. Oh, he that's got, right. Yeah. He got a fucking save. Um, it, but beyond that, he's, he looks, he looks like him, his old self, which I have not seen in two years of him being a Cub. Um, so that is extremely encouraging. He and that's not just that's not just last night's game. His last three outings have been decidedly better and improving each time. He's um he uh, batters cannot like lay off his off speed stuff, his breaking ball. Like literally, they would spit on it every time and just wait for his fastball, and that's why he's getting crushed. And that is not the case anymore. He's able to throw everything for strikes now, and that that's yeah literally, literally what's changed everything. And I think his confidence is back. You know, who knows how long this will last, but I, I haven't seen it yet 
in in cubby blue so it, it's encouraging this is the first we're seeing it in fucking a they need it more than ever right now considering the rest of their bullpen how how that's been shaky at best um so yeah lots of positives for both sides of town going into this weekend's crosstown series yeah are you fired up i am fired up um yeah i i've uh, i've been looking forward to this i've i've i got my wish too for sunday but we don't want to jump all the way to the last game of the series but i i got my wish for for sunday's game so i'm happy about that um yeah we definitely need yeah. to talk about that i I don't know much about your starter, but uh, I know on game one at least tomorrow is going to be. We got a dandy matchup there. Keiko versus Lester, which I can't think of a better matchup except for maybe the second matchup of this series. Uh, I'm fired up. I mean, that that just seems perfect. Keiko versus Lester, two two vets. Um, I think they both have, or Keiko has a, like a low three ERA and. Lester's is like two seven four right now, which is ridiculous. I'm not sure how long that's gonna last, but they're both pitching well. Uh, both teams are on a high. It's just it just make it just seems like a perfect matchup for game one of a crosstown series. I'm so I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's you couldn't you couldn't ask for a more perfect matchup than maybe even like matchup number two. Yeah, uh, I mean Dylan Dylan Cease with the ex Cub, yeah, Cub prospect. That's right. That's right. Uh, versus uh, the professor Kyle Hendricks. Uh, let's see here. Cease has a 316 ERA, Kyle Hendricks with a 331 ERA. So, I mean, it's Hendricks sucks. Look at that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he's terrible. I love, but that's a, that's just another cool matchup. Um, yeah, so that's Saturday's game. Uh, and you mentioned game three. I know you Darvish is pitching. I haven't heard who is pitching for the White Sox. Neither have the White Sox. Oh, is really? Yes, there's a mystery pitcher. So I have a couple theories on this. I know, good news for Cubs, I know Ronaldo Lopez is close. <laughs> I don't know if they are thinking of throwing him out there versus Gio Gonzalez. Wow. Um, we'll see. I don't understand why it just hasn't been named Gio Gonzalez outside of something like that. Because he's terrible, uh, we, and they don't want to throw him. Well, he's no, he's 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 not going to get you past five innings. But he's been good, like the first. I wouldn't pitch him past the fourth, though, and I'd go right to the bullpen. I would yeah. literally just take him out in the fourth. But because once he's got, he's he he pitched like he was cruising. He was on cruise control pretty much, and then he imploded. I think he went four and two thirds the last outing. So yeah. he just he just dies off in the fifth. So. Well, that was one um, thing I was going to bring up. It was it. I, I mean, Giolito kicked the shit out of the Tigers today, but it's almost it almost felt like a wasted start because you guys were going to kick the shit out of the Tigers one way or the other today. It would have been awesome if he could have if he could have been in this Cubs series. It would have just ratcheted up the the tension that much more. Well, yeah. The funny thing was at one point the Sox had announced they announced no pitchers for the series as of yesterday at one point, and I thought. Well, are they thinking if they win the if they win the third Tigers game? Are they thinking, all right, we can do a we could do like a bullpen game or something on the last Tigers game, and then just push push it so it's Giolito, Keuchel, and and Cease? Because I, I 
because C's really C. Now here's the other thing that got that's different. C's got moved up to the third slot because oh okay had, the rotation had been. I didn't realize they shuffled that around. I thought it was yes. on regular. I figured they were going on regular rest, but that's interesting. Nor, what had been happening was it was going Jolito, Keuchel, Gonzalez, Cease, and then we had we had. Uh, the Dane, the Dane Dunning uh, outing instead of um, a bullpen game. So, well, and, they, and that could have been a bullpen game quickly. So I, you know, just as Casey Mize's outing could have been too. So I could. Yeah, see I mean, it was it was a little bit of a bullpen game since we both had relievers in the fifth, but yeah. not, you know, but uh, so yeah, I don't I don't know what what they're gonna throw out there on Sunday. So it's 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 interesting. Well, that's I, all I've got about. I mean, how much do you go on other than starting pitchers for a preview of I mean, the series? I, I mean, I think game one and game two, you flip a coin. I mean, yeah, the we I got mean, our we definitely got our wish for game three, though at least in that well, Darvish is going to be in I'm the series. The so. I don't care who the Sox are out there as a pitcher. Sox are kicking the Darvish is going to have to be take. They're going to have to stop the game again in the first inning after yeah. twenty nine pitches. This will this will prove. Prove one of us completely right or completely wrong on the universe. Yes, yes. This is the next episode, no matter one what, game to be, decide it all. It's going to be super entertaining. Regardless, <laughs> this is obviously a preview of the Red Line World Series that we predicted a couple weeks ago. Um, yes, that you predicted. I'm still sticking with the uh, San Diego Padres as my World Series pick. Wow. The NL. You, you didn't even pick them to win the division like I did. I mean, come on. Uh, wild card. They're not going to. The, the, the Dodgers <laughs> have like a 70. They have a 70 I run, know. like run different. It's just disgusting. It's ridiculous. Um, we do. We do have. We are going to bring up the Padres a little bit later. So we can, we can table. Yeah, that we can now, we'll but... table that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the unless you have more to talk about with the the no no week. I mean there's it's it's Sunday I mean Sunday you would just like if you're gonna you say one and two are a toss up and then all kidding aside since the Sox haven't named a pitcher you have to say Cubs advantage going into Sunday well uh, considering you has just, a one point eight ERA so far this year with like yeah I mean and... even even after the Sox tag him for like five in the first three it's still only going to shoot a ERA just like a two, two and a half. half yeah two and a half so you know it still <laughs> we, look good we both win and then Craig yeah, Kimball. So it'll be a close game, and Craig Kimball will come to bail him out and get the save. So it'll all oh, even out yeah, in the that, end. That'd be that'd be funny too. <laughs> I'm guessing that's Sunday night baseball on ESPN. No, I it's two twenty. Oh wow, wow, that sucks. I was sure that'd be a Sunday night game. Or actually, one twenty. It's two. It was I was oh I was, Eastern I, I, Eastern time. I saw earlier. You, yeah, you do stay in Eastern time zone most of the time. <laughs> I, I just always function in Eastern time. You've zone. you've only lived your entire life in the Central time zone. <laughs> I just I realized because I was on the MLB site and looking up the pitching matchups because I hadn't been had a chance earlier because of work just to confirm it was what I thought it was. And then I saw, I saw the 220 start and I'm like, oh, 220. <laughs> and didn't even click. Anyway, enough about that. Whatever 20, it takes. I just watched Mr. Mom over the weekend <laughs> with my kids. So that's really, so funny. I really hope Joe Fitz is watching this because Mr. Mom is his favorite movie, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so he, he would get, a, he would get Joe, a kick out of that. Joe, do you still have your Whoopi or did you get rid of it? <laughs> 
Um, are you, or he's probably not watching. He's probably running out to get milk right now. He it's might like, be getting milk. Oh my God! I need milk for the morning. I need he, to go now. He probably thinks we are doing our typical broadcast on Friday mornings, but he'll that's, be that's true. He'll he be crestfallen to learn that we did it the night before. But sorry, Joe. He could always watch the replay. All yeah, right. Anyway, absolutely. enough about that. Enough about As that. anyone can on Facebook Live, come back and check out our Facebook page and check out our live broadcasts and all of our clips as well. Um, there's our commercial break. Oh, all right. We'll jump into. I've got a Cubs rub for the first all time. All right. All right. Here's the rub. I'll tell you one fucking thing. I hope we get fucking hotter than shit just to stuff it up them 3,000 fucking people that show up every fucking day. This things. And another thing I'm going to say I've won over 1,800 games in the manager, and I'm not a damn dumb. <laughs> 85% of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. I know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. Subject near and dear to all of our hearts that we've talked about for fucking ever, the Marquee Network. Um, I've been gleefully watching the Marquee Network for the, the past month. Um, got my Hulu subscription after I unsubscribed to yeah, uh, YouTube TV because they're fucking assholes and charge way too much money and destroyed our YouTube page and uh, they didn't have Marquee Network so it was an easy decision to switch to Hulu despite their Thank you, YouTube. Yeah, despite Hulu's horrendous interface and just not a user-friendly experience whatsoever but they have Marquee Network so fortunately I only watched one channel on it anyway so it's not hard to figure out <laughs> <laughs> but honestly I and this is you and I were joking yesterday and joking today about this might have been your Cubs rub about not being able to. I don't think you've seen much Marquee Network because you haven't been to illegally stream it the way you wanted to with somebody else's password. But I don't know. Have you seen any Marquee Network? I guess is my I question. Did, I did. Uh, I did. <laughs> I did see some. Uh, <clears throat> I did see. Uh, sorry, I was confirming. I didn't get a full confirmation. The video was up, so I was just confirming. Video I up. did see Marquee Network yesterday. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, I can guess... tell you one thing. I, it took me a minute to figure out was was the uh, the where the outs were. I didn't know how many outs. The first time I saw it too, none of them were lit up. So I'm like, does that mean there's two outs? Or I, I didn't outs. even realize that was down there. And then oh. it, yeah, and then like I was like, oh, that's where it is. It's like the old school diamond it's, thing. So it's funny because that was my main complaint when I the first time I tuned in, but it's different. Like I just said, it, I, I found it, but I didn't know what it meant if it was lit up or not lit up. If the first time I had looked at it and there was, you know, one of them were lit up, or I, I don't know what was happening the first time I saw it in the inning. So, but not if they're if they're black, I think that means there's one out. So yeah, two outs. So like like I my that out complaint. My complaint isn't illegally streaming it. My complaint <laughs> is I choose not to have an Xfinity box in my room for the $10 a month they charge you for it. And mm. I use Apple TV, which Xfinity, and this is this is nothing against the Cubs, this is Xfinity. Xfinity doesn't have an agreement with Apple TV to have their in-house streaming app on Apple TV. Because Xfinity has their own box. They have nothing they don't want. But, but they do on have Apple it on TV at all. But they have it on Roku. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, which is annoying. Wow. So, so well, I that... log in. I log in with the Xfinity subscription to all the individual channel apps. 
and I get to watch everything, right? That's why I watch the White Sox and all that. But for some reason, the the deal that Xfinity won't pay like everyone else does, obviously DirecTV did it, AT&T did it, uh, Hulu did it. They all paid the extra fee to for Marquee to supply the streaming service because Marquee is really the organization that's providing the video right. to the customer. Comcast is not in this scenario. They're not to. So they're being they're being cheap. So when I went to log in, I got all excited that I could like you know switch back and forth and start watching the Cubs again just to keep track of it for the blog and when the Sox are on and whatever. I'd and you're secretly it. a Cubs fan, closet. Yeah, Cubs fan. you know, I just watch you know Riz, Riz the Riz, um, and his slim, sexy figure now. <laughs> and uh, so I go to log on and it says coming soon, and then I I find out that Xfinity won't pay the six bucks per customer service fee to to serve up the video, right. which right. doesn't seem too steep, but whatever. So anyway, that so, that was yeah. almost the Cubs rub for me, but then I realized it's really on Xfinity's end. So yeah, so that was a Cubs rub segment. That was not a Cubs rub, is what we just yes. did there, right? It's an Xfinity rub segment. <laughs> hopefully that is not. A, hopefully that is not a <laughs> weekly occurrence now. <laughs> that is done. We will never yeah. speak of this again. Please let us never speak of this again. Did you know Mike Tyson's coming out of retirement <laughs> for in September? Well, anyway. So that was not a Cubs rub. <laughs> I do have a Cubs rub, though, that does involve the marquee network. My, my point after we were derailed by your Xfinity rants. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I that, still had to talk about it. That literally, I am really impressed with marquee network in general. Like they're they're like the, the graphics are incredible, the presentation is incredible, the pregame, the postgame, it's all first rate. And it's it's an impressive organization how they've set that up. Um the one thing they have failed in, and it's something that was never an issue before, because I, I like I like Len and JD a lot. And I like Len. They are they're kind of vanilla. I could see, you know, how people I, I don't see how people could hate either of them. I guess you're not a JD uh, fan, but JD's a little fucking annoying. They can be, but um I, I think of them not. as closer to vanilla like than than like you know, just the greatest broadcasters of all time or the worst. I think they're they're definitely in the middle, but I think they're solid as fuck and I find them entertaining and never had an issue with them in all their years on terrestrial television, whatever you call it, before the Marquee Network. But the Marquee Network decided they wanted to throw in a wrinkle to their broadcast now this year with a third broadcaster. Which... Uh, a true add-on. A true yeah, yeah. A plus up yeah real plus up well it's it's kind of part of it's their plans have been kind of fucked up of course as everyone's plans have been by covid uh obviously the the third broad, broadcaster has to be remote he can't be in the booth with len and jd uh so he's coming from wherever and it, it's been a couple of different guys um but they're working at a disadvantage already trying to Trying to figure out how to broadcast a TV, a, a make a TV broadcast of baseball game through a Zoom chat or whatever their technology yeah, no, true, true, never yeah. been done before in the history of baseball or history of broadcasting. So they are operating at a disadvantage already. But the problem is they they have chosen to go with Mark Grace for their third broadcaster for the majority of their game so far. Gracie, it it was annoying at best. Um, until this week where it became ridiculous. Um, 
Mark Grace, I've never thought of. He, he's basically been a Diamondbacks broadcaster for a couple of decades, it feels like, ever since he retired. Um, burn that bridge. Yeah. So I, yeah, was it a drunk driving thing there? Yeah. Or, yeah. So I never, I didn't hear him very much. The, the little bit I've heard him broadcast, I'm not too impressed. He just kind of seems like a, you know, an ex-player just resting on his laurels, resting on his, you know, great career from 20 years ago. It doesn't feel like he works very hard at his craft in the booth at all. And that came to a head this past week when he is this weekend against Milwaukee, actually, in a pivotal game, pivotal moment in the game where he decided to clumsily go on some rant about his ex-wife, he, who I don't think, I think the story is from 25, 30 years ago, maybe, um, when the Brewers were playing in County Stadium still, and uh, Bud Selig still had a parking spot in the, in the stadium lot, and somehow his wife parked in his, in Bud Selig's spot, which is, I mean, these are all amusing anecdotes that would be perfect for a shitty podcast like ours. If we somehow got an interview with Mark Grace and he wanted to tell us his shitty stories, perfect. Not during the middle of a fucking division game, you know, a critical moment. I think, I think Yelich was on second. It was like a scoring opportunity in a low scoring game. And he just went on and on about this really boring story where he called his ex-wife a dingbat, which I'm not surprised he was married to a dingbat, but uh, considering his mental acumen, but, and you could tell it just got more and more awkward. And, you know, Len and JD are the, like the nicest guys. They're not going to tell them to shut the fuck up. And they can't really on, on live TV. But uh, it, it really just came to a point where it was obvious that Mark Grace is the dingbat. I mean, as dumb as his ex-wife might be for parking in Bud Seelig's spot, Mark Grace should not be on television anymore. And I really hope they don't. They suspended him. I haven't heard if he's been you know, reassigned if he's going to have another, another job within the marquee network, or I don't know what, what's happening with that, but he apologized, you know, the lame apology, which we're going to hear about a lot of lame apologies later on in this episode. But, you know, to case in point, they have had the third broadcaster in with Ryan Dempster. Subsequently. Yeah, like Dempster's he's, good. He's been fine. I got, yeah, he's it's, awesome. it's not awkward. He, he's great. He's, He's he's a good guy. He's he's fun to listen to. The only thing I find annoying about him is he always has to throw in his terrible Harry Carey impression, which is not yeah, actually no, I, I, that's not a Harry Carey impression, by the way. That is an impression of Will Ferrell's Harry Carey impression, which is they're yeah. equally terrible. So his not only it's one terrible impression like that's a photocopy into a worse Harry Carey impression. So, but that's my only complaint with with Ryan Dempster. But it, I guess it proves that. You can have a third broadcaster and it not be a train wreck where it's obvious that Mark Gray should no longer be anything, have anything to do with the Cubs broadcast. I don't know if you had any more. No, I, that, I, I, but... don't think, I don't think, I don't think there's anything to add. I mean, yeah. it would just be pile on what you already yeah. said. I mean, I think Grace is a, um, I think his his antics uh, post career have been troublesome, and I yeah, think he's just like I think he's a troubled person, and he probably shouldn't be allowed on uh, anyone's broadcast anytime soon. Yeah, I haven't heard. I, I don't know. 
if you the heard sad if he's thing, being suspended or anything like that? No, I don't know. But the, you know, the sad thing was, I I, I do remember uh, uh, like preseason back in like Marchish time, how he was really excited to be part of the Marquee Network because he was getting a second chance. So yeah. Um, but as we find in a lot of cases like this, when people get second chances, they really <laughs> just end up fucking it up again. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, it just felt like he was even before this latest incident, he was just mailing it in from, you know, he's sitting in his kitchen in Arizona trying to trying to add in amusing anecdotes here and there to (laughs) it just didn't work at all. So I hope I hope he's out. Yeah, I hope he's out, too. Well, I'm ready to move on to my favorite segment and no one else's, including yours. Uh, brand new. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is it time for aesthetics? <laughs> Debuted last week. Ooh, back with popular was, demand or unpopular demand. <laughs> it's back, folks. So if you have to go to the bathroom now, it's probably <laughs> the time. Aesthetics. Intentionally spelled wrong. Aesthetics. Aesthetics. Uh, I'm all about the logos of baseball, the uniforms of baseball. I love this shit. Uh, there is major. Major news that is actually pertinent to this blog and one of your favorite teams, PV. It is the San Francisco Giants. That's right. They announced, major announcement this week, that they will be putting names on the backs of their home jerseys for the first time in I don't know how many years. Uh, The reasoning behind that is there's – major roster turnover going on this year and next obviously they're in a, in a rebuild and the home fans literally have no idea who the fuck's on the field so they need to put the names of the names of the players on their the backs of their jerseys but i think it's kind of sad actually that there's something cool about what the giants were doing the reason they had no names in the home jerseys were it was an homage to 1958 uh, 1958 was the year the New York the New York Giants actually moved to San Francisco, and right. there were no teams actually with players' names back then. So it's just kind of a throwback look. One thing I hate—I'm not a Giants fan by any means, which we've gone over forever on this vlog. But I did live out in the Bay Area uh, for a year back in 2005, and uh, definitely gravitated to the Oakland A's. I lived in the East Bay, and it was an easy trip to get down to the Oakland Coliseum and catch the A's games. Um, they're also the, you know, the kind of the working class heroes. I'm also a big Moneyball fan. I had just read that a couple of years before I was out there, so that's why I gravitated toward the A's. The Giants, I was never a fan of. It was a pain in the ass actually to get to get to um, beautiful AT and T Park, which is now Oracle Park. Um, the the one thing that I did enjoy about the Giants was their uniforms, especially particularly their home uniform, which I always I've always thought was fucking rad. The the off white with the uh you know with the orange and black, it's just a it's a great look. So I would have loved to have loaded up on Giants gear while I was out there, but I just couldn't couldn't do it because I cannot root for that team for for myriad reasons. But and part of that awesome look was that they had no names on the on the home jerseys, and that, that that goes along with the traditions of the Yankees and I think the Red Sox are the only other teams that don't have names on their home jerseys. Um, so I think it's kind of sad. I don't, I don't know if you had 
you, you said you might have some thoughts on this. this yeah, no, one of your I, favorite I, teams. I, I, well, I'm yeah, guessing you I mean, like those I, jerseys. I, 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 now I did not see, are they going back to the bright white too? Are they going all the way no, back to yeah. like the eighties the and, and early nineties and all I have that. not heard that. All I've heard is they're going to the because the Bonds jersey I have is is the is when he stole it when he had the name on the back of his jersey. Oh, is it? Okay. It's the, it's the stark white, it's the bright white version of the jersey. What do you think of the off whites? I love the off whites. I love their I love their I love their road and, and home jerseys. Yeah, it's um, solid. It's solid. It, I don't I don't totally, have, you know, I don't really have a problem with it. If they, I think they need to take it all the way though. I think they need to like, just bring back the say, all right, well now we're going to go back to this uniform. We were, you know, through the eighties and part of the nineties and all that. And, yeah. and just bring it all the way back. Um, it is I think kind that'd of be funny. unfortunate, but that would it probably make sense. But I think it'd be unfortunate because that the, something it, about the off white just works so well for me at least with the orange and black it's it's just fucking cool but it is it is kind of funny though that uh or i don't know i, I guess it's funny i mean they're they're in a rebuild though, yeah. whether they want to say it or not but they're in a rebuild so they want fans to know who's on the <laughs> freaking field I mean, that is literally why they're doing it i mean they, yeah it's, it's so, tough, to, tough to know what's happening without the it, yankee yankees and red sox rarely rarely have to deal with a rebuild like that where people don't know so they don't have to worry about putting names yeah. in the home jerseys so yeah, so it's it's you know it's it's I, I'm I'm okay with it, but I I also agree. I did like I always I've loved the jerseys uh, over the last few years, so um, the last like decade plus. But um, I've got a I've got a piece of trivia here that is going to also intrigue you. This is this well, gonna, I think it might convert you to thinking aesthetics might be one of the better segments we do. You're going to like this. All right. I'm, so I I'm said waiting. I said that. That was an homage to 1958. That when they didn't have names on their jerseys, who was the first team, and what year did they first put names on the back of the jerseys? Uh, it's probably going to be the White Sox. Ding, ding, ding! Because of Bill Vec. Bill Vec, you know your White and, Sox history. Yeah, yeah. The year you're going to have a tougher time with, but that, that's pretty good. You already, you already win trivia. I week. think it's going to be. I think it's like probably like 68 or something like that. It was actually 1960, but that's a good guess. Oh, I 60. Had, okay. Yeah. I thought it was way earlier than that when I, when I first looked it up, I had no idea it was, it was that recent. So, well, seven, 60 years, I guess isn't too recent. I mean, he, he's <clears throat> the whole reason the White Sox, I'm not even going to bring up the softball jerseys. He's the whole reason the White mm -hmm. Sox have so many uniforms. Yeah. Which is, which he is was a, a marketing guy. Yeah, it was just like, all right, well, I'm going to gain interest and try to get sales and generate profits well, by switching their uniforms again. I'll save this up because you can have your own aesthetics episode segment in a future episode. Ooh, like, yeah. Uh, we have, <laughs> have to talk about if if you don't, I'll bring it up for sure. So that that'll okay, be, that'll be later on. Maybe sometime right, this maybe sometime go. this there, winter. There you go. You could we can maybe flash up the seventy-five uniforms and socks. Well, I don't know if there's go. enough space on the screen to get all the socks uniforms yeah, up. We don't have that kind of bandwidth. <laughs> it'll break it all. It'll break it down. See, I'm starting uh, I'm starting to convert you on aesthetics. Yeah, uh, you I just told you you got you had one that was as long as you it was near and dear to my heart. Like the the Nike logo is so iconic to me. I think it makes almost everything better. So 
yeah. I'm okay with it. I can't so. get out of your head. You're bringing yeah. up last week's last week's aesthetics, so I think you're a convert. Well, okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> is it sexual harassment time? Yeah. Where are we at? Let's go to sexual harassment. Ozzy Dean on the line here on WSCR with Bob Brunley, Mike North, Fred Humner, Annie Mary. How you doing, Ozzy? Oh, shut the fuck up. And ball hit high and deep. Way back. Way back. And he's not quite out of here. Dad, get it. The mire to mediocrity. Tell me about when you were being interviewed for the potential White Sox manager's job. I was drunk. You've got to be bleep. I think All I've been right, harassing folks. you enough. So it's a sexual harassment. Uh, and, you know, I felt like eventually I was going to have to do this sexual harassment. But part of me thought, you know, there's always an, you don't know when you, when you trade a prospect away, you know, even though they, even though they say he's going to be all that, you don't know that he's going to be all that. Well, let's just say that, that the, you know, the, the, the Kenny, the Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn combo and Rick Hahn admits this and, I hope so. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he's taken. He's like, guys. It's, it's something I don't like to talk about. But Fernando Tatis Jr. owns. Yeah, Jr. Excuse me. Owns every like major offensive category right now. El Nino. I think, might, I, I think he, maybe he's tied in stolen bases or number two. I don't know. But he's, and he's got a cool nickname, El Nino. Yeah. Which is Spanish yeah. for Could you imagine if you had Pantera, El Pantera and El Nino on the same team? Good yeah. God. Could have could have had it. Like like, on, like, gave it away. like 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 guys, guys, you traded you traded for James Shields. <laughs> It'd be one Ooh. thing if you traded away Tatis for, you know, somebody that got you into the playoffs or just kind of put you or, in the top. or even or even a, a, a player who was supposed to get us into the playoffs. James, James Shields was ne- he was never going to be the player to get us into the playoffs. And I just remember, like, when the trade happened, I was kind of like, okay, well, we got big game James. Like, I guess I'm excited. It's like a name. But that's yeah. all it was. It was literally they, they, they brought a name in well, who just completely, like, wrapped all over his his second half of the season with the Sox. Like, it was just a complete shit show. And, to be fair, like, you know, how old was Tatis Jr. at that point? Probably 16, 17 as a prospect. Yeah. So, like, that, I, I've been – you could point to – like, I think I probably made fun of you at the time on the blog, and then I know this this past offseason we did a whole thing about worst trades in franchise histories, and I brought, I brought this one up. Um, even at that time uh, – three or four months ago, whenever it was, I did not anticipate Tatis no. to be, to be the player he is right now. I read, no, and- I read, I think you may have read this too, but the, the stat of the day yesterday, I don't know if it's still true. Oh no, it is true. It's, um, there's only been one other player that has led the league in both home runs and stolen bases in the history of major league baseball as for Fernando Tatis Jr. was yesterday. The yeah. other player Ty Cobb. Oh, Ty Cobb. That's right. Yeah. Like he's being compared to Ty Cobb right now. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, mean, he's 21. He's 21 years old. (laughs) 
Like, uh, so yeah, even it, when I brought up that was the worst trade in history, it is looking worse than it even did three oh, weeks no, ago. Oh no, no, like, it, it, it probably is going to go oof. down now as the worst trade in history. It, I, it, I don't know. Yeah. Because because you're right. When we did it four months ago, I said, "Hey, he looks like he's going to be all that." We still don't know. <laughs> we don't know. The socks were, you know. You actually trying. mentioned that his little brother is supposed to be better than he is. That's, so imagine his, that kid, fucking a. Well, just hope they don't fucking trade him too to the Padres. <laughs> uh, they'll play together. Jesus, like, could you? So just let's let's just let's just dream. I'm gonna dream. I'm not. I mean, because this is what I wanted to ask you. What, but but you let, put let, let, let's let's just have a hypothetical situation for a second. Yes, the hypothetical infield I have created, <laughs> and 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 this just makes you fucking drool as a White Sox fan. <laughs> Goes Abreu at first, Anderson at second, Tatum's at shortstop, and Mankata at third. We would be, we might be undefeated at this point. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe three losses. I don't don't know know how you'd lose. I don't know how you'd lose a game for like the next four seasons at that point. What the fuck? I mean, like I was just like, I was like, you, you ask. Or did or did or at some point or did you ask? I, I would leave Tatis at short because while he's Timmy, better, he's yeah, better. he's better. T- Timmy has great range, but then he'll like he'd be a perfect up. second baseman. Perfect he would second baseman. Uh, he would be like yeah, he'll be he'd be a Gold Glove second baseman. Yeah, it'd be, he'd be great. God right, re- damn. Wait, real real quick on Gold Glove. Are you willing to give Dane? Dane Dunning a gold glove oh my for the two line drives he caught. We forgot, that was we forgot to talk great. about that. That was terrifying, actually. Yeah, That's I tell him ready to put his vote in for for a one game gold glove award for him. But anyway, yeah, like well, he, dare 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 to dream. Like if if oh, they man. didn't trade for for because if the they game didn't trade, James if they didn't trade for big game James that would have been two years that that. I'm, I would tell you that that would have been the start two years earlier of, of the rebuild, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, well, the other way, I mean, the revolving doors of history to look at this is that horrendous trade finally opened the eyes of the White Sox right. organization that they needed to stop the, their ways of the last 30 years of trying to, you know, kind of sew together a, a major league squad that can kind of contend but not quite get there but you know pick up some names like ken griffey jr at the end of his career and manny ramirez i i i I still contend that (laughs) that ken williams wanted to put together the fantasy baseball team he won with in the 90s on the white Sox. but one could argue that you would not be in the position you are now the the drastic rebuild that you'd they the organization had reluctant never gone to completely that would never happen if you didn't have such a horrendous trade maybe yeah true you you that might be true i you don't know yeah so anyway yeah that might sexual sexual harassment is harassing your own club it it really makes you makes you look and go holy shit i mean we have a really good infield when nick madrigal comes back but there's you still have to see how he's going to develop as a player you'd rather have the one i think you'd rather have that other infield you mentioned yes i would much rather have the other infield so so with that this is going to segue nicely into uh shit you couldn't make up oh you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around huh 
What have we got here? A fucking comedian. <laughs> For a Starkey Cemetery. Come on to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. And we really only have one this week, and Ryan's gonna Ryan's gonna take that one. It takes the cake. The aforementioned El Nino, Spanish for the Nino, uh, <laughs> was involved in one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my baseball watching life, where he was forced, I believe, coerced to apologize. For hitting a fucking grand slam, he was told he was told by management or whoever in what appeared to be like a hostage situation. <laughs> it really did. I mean, it's already a Zoom call, a meeting with the media after post games, but he's wearing his mask and it's kind of like a disjointed <laughs> thing. And he looked he looked terrified, and it looked like he was reading from a script from his captors, his his unwritten rules all, captors. All, all, all you needed was the 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 uh, Rangers manager with his arms folded behind yeah, behind yeah. him like that with his and a, mask on and, a, and his and his own manager and a bunch of unwritten old school guys like carrying machine guns <laughs> forcing him to read this statement saying I don't think he actually apologized but he said I learned a lot tonight I you know I knew a lot about unwritten rules but I didn't know about this one <laughs> and I didn't know about this one apparently you cannot. When you have a six or more run lead in later this innings, is, this is fucking ridiculous. It's amazing how specific this is. For yes, un- yes. Unwritten, for, for, for unwritten, it's quite specific. That when there is a 3-0 count, you must take that pitch. No matter where it is in the zone, no matter what that situation dictates, that you must take that pitch. Um, the bases happen to be loaded. The jackass pitcher got himself into that fucking situation by getting to a 3-0 count, and Tatis took advantage of it, swung, and hit his major league leading 11th or 12th home run at that point. A fucking grand slam. It blew the game open. The game was already blown open, but that's not the point. These are major league players. These are not high school or junior high or elementary school children that you have to worry about their feelings and about how they're – you know, make them not hate the game of baseball. These are professional athletes. There are no, there should be no unwritten rules. There should be certainly not that rule telling the greatest player in the game at this moment that he shouldn't show his talents off. Uh, It's unbelievable. I mean, everyone's gone on the same rant, so I I don't want to be too redundant, but we could not go through this episode with not making this shit you couldn't make up. That he was literally told, I believe by his manager directly that he needed to address this in his post-game conference because the manager, uh, Jace Tingler, which have you ever heard of that? I mean, sounds like a no. like a like a male prostitute's made-up oh, name or something. Porn, porn star? Yeah, it was porn name or something. Jace Tingler. Tingler. Uh, he came out and did not have Tatis's back in his post-game conference. You know, he didn't. He didn't like. I forget his exact words. Isn't he was, buddies though? But did in the, an article? Yeah, there's there's a connection with the Rangers. With the Rangers. He, well, he was this this man, the Jace Tingler, was part of the Rangers organization. So yeah, so he kind of had to cover for his friends, which is gross in and of itself. But the fact that he was not, he didn't have Tatis's back, and that is the grossest thing out of this whole thing. And I almost, I was potentially going to make him asshole a week for it. Uh, 
Well, that's a whole that, well, well, that, that got taken that care got, of last that, week. So that, last that night, sl- so. that got a slam dunk. Yeah. So I don't know. It, yeah. I don't know if you had more thoughts about, well, about my only thought the unwritten is, rules. I think, I, I think baseball should take the un, unwritten rules and they just need to go away. And managers who still believe these unwritten rules need to exist need to realize that the game has changed in a positive way. In well, a very positive way. It's being forced to change by young, exciting players like Tatis yes. Jr. specifically. And it, it needs Tim to continue. Anderson. Tim Anderson, absolutely. Uh, the The coolest thing that, that I saw come out of this, which was basically social media um, and, and regular radio and TV coverage of it, is it pretty much unanimous that these unwritten, especially, specifically in this incident, that unwritten rule is fucking ridiculous. And Tatis did absolutely nothing wrong. The I, best quote I think came from Trevor Bauer said, saying the same thing, but he, his best line in that, his tweet t- directly to Tatis was, the only thing you did wrong was apologize for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love that. Um, so he, I think I saw like Reggie Jackson came to his, came to his uh, backing. You know, all sorts of people on social media and everyone I've heard, I haven't, I've heard very few people or at least anyone I have any, any level of respect for, uh, have all come out tor- on Tatis's side on this. So just the absurd, this absurdity, these, these kind of unwritten rules, old school thought processes are exactly what's holding the game back in popularity. And the more you yeah. can emphasize the greatest players on earth exhibit, you know, exhibiting their incredible talents, the better. And, you know, the, the other part of this is the, the fucking relief pitcher after the grand slam threw behind Manny Machado. Oh, Cause yeah, he was I pissed. Know. Like, like what the, what the fuck? So he got a three game suspension that was later like lower to two games, which I'm not sure why. And then the manager was suspended a game, which I don't think. And he, he took it right away. Yeah, well, he took it managers right away. just do. So he had yeah. to, but he was being such a hard ass about it. Just like, fuck all of you all. You need to, you are making the game worse, not better. So get the fuck out, get the fuck yeah. out of, basically get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, I just, I, um, you know, I had a thought in it and it left my head. Other, no, that's other than, oh no, I, I got it. I got it. Like what? Also, what are you? What are you like? If 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 these guys are supposed to be mentors to kids, yeah. If someone throws a three a three zero count and the ball's like right down the middle of the plate, now yeah, there are times a take signs on or there's a take and you're supposed to take that pitch, right? You know what? He went out. He got it. The game was the game. Yeah. The game at seven nothing is not out of reach in this day and age in baseball. By the even way, if Texas, is. even Texas, if it is, yeah, even if it is, these are professionals. Too. Yeah, yeah, but your your point is right. There are no games out of reach. I mean, we've seen crazy we've comebacks seen some crazy of all time. As shit, we've seen like thirteen runs scored in the bottom of the ninth inning for a fucking win over the last like five years. So <laughs> to like, your point, to your point, I forget who said it, but they they said something similar. Like, well, if we agree not to swing on a three zero fastball, then you have to agree not to try to come back in this game. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you right. To, exactly. What are we doing here? I mean, this is it's just fucking stupid. So you it, it, should never take your foot off the gas in any competitive event end Absolutely. of story yep end of story i mean couldn't have said it better that's, that's, that's all that's all i can say i think we're we're done with this well like now, i said i was gonna make <laughs> i was gonna make uh 
Jace Tingler. Jace Tingler was, I mean, he was, he was sprinting to the finish until, until someone tripped him. Yeah. A Uh, a broadcaster tripped him on the way. That's where we'll jump into the asshole of the week. Uh, Potentially asshole Asshole of the year. year? Yeah. It's an an early candidate for asshole of the year award. What is your problem? You insensitive asshole. Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. (laughs) Tom Brenneman. Uh, Reds broadcaster Tom Brenneman. Tom Tom had a rough night last night. Uh, Boy, did Tom have a rough night. Started out by... (laughs) Uh, coming back from a commercial break, apparently a few seconds too early, where he revealed his true character by somehow, I don't know how the subject probably could have possibly came up, but I don't even know what city he was talking about, but I won't repeat what he said, but it was a, he just decided to casually drop a homophobic slur, and then the broadcast, he thought the broadcast was coming back five seconds later, but Unfortunately for him, uh, fortunately for the rest of us to get this fucker exposed, uh, it came out on on the air, uh, and immediately thereafter, it was on social media all, all over the fucking place, um, to the point where he had to apologize on air. I'm not sure how many innings later it was, but it was pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> but, but the apology... And this is this is where it just takes the cake. Um, the, I mean, he's he's an he's asshole of the week already for the the homophobic slur. Uh, the but when the apology began on live during a live baseball game, he felt he needed to talk to his audience to tell us that he was very sorry and that he that comment was not him. And that he is a man of faith, and that Nick Cassianos just hit a home run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Please, if you have not seen this, go find the tape of <laughs> Tom Brenneman's apology because it could not be, it could not be any more hilarious and making him out to look like the absolute fool that he is. His first of all. His first statement was something to the effect is that this is that he was apologetic, but that statement was not him. Well, that statement was him to a T because he didn't think he was on the air. I think the heckler posted the the comments like Tom Brenneman apologizing, apologizes for homophobic slur in public instead of private as normal. (laughs) Yeah, right. As he normally would. That's what they did. That's what they did. uh, (laughs) That's a, that's the first bullshit thing he said. The second bullshit thing he said is he's a man of faith as if that would somehow defend, you know, defend his position. Oh, I'm I'm not a bad guy. I'm a man of faith. I don't know how much, I don't want to get too deep into the religion now, but uh, men of faith don't typically have a good view of, uh, homosexuals in any way and have often spoken out against them. So that seems to be quite consistent with who you are, Tom Brenneman. Uh, the other thing, the best part that I haven't mentioned yet is he literally apologized to 
quote unquote, the people who sign his checks, which is what this apology was literally all about. So yes, thank you, Tom, for telling us exactly who you are. And the reason you're apologizing in, in that moment is not because you, you have any affinity or feel bad for what you said to a huge minority group in this country. You, you are apologizing because you're fearful you're going to lose your paycheck. My God, the the only thing that could make this more brilliant and just more ridiculously, disgustingly brilliant is the fact that Nick Castellanos hit a home run in the middle of his bullshit <laughs> apology. The, the the way he's in a somber tone, of course, and he just has to like look up and realize that Nick, Nick Castellanos just hit one into the seats in the middle of his apology. The the best part of that is I don't know if you noticed in the video, the section that Nick Castellanos hit the hit the home run to was a sponsored section I believe by Planet Fitness that calls it the no judgment zone. <laughs> that is true. That's right. Like are, are you fucking kidding? Like it it, it was literally I can't think of a more riveting. 15 seconds of television where a, a, a complete, a, an asshole was completely exposed in, in, in every level and just mocked by his own statements. It was just incredible. I, yeah, the poetic I, justice of it, was, it was breathtaking. The, just how disingenuous the apology was. Like if you were truly apologizing, you would complete the apology and then bring up the fact that I'm not sure if you noticed, but Nick Castellanos just hit a home run in the game. Yeah. Not do it in the midst of an apology. Well, I think he was he was he was I at mean, his wit's end at that point. He was definitely flustered because he could see yeah, his he career, was totally, career he was going totally down flustered. the drain. So. And, and and that it is. He is no longer part of Fox uh, Sports. I had seen as of this afternoon, he was suspended from the like the Reds had suspended him. I'm I'm guessing you you're talking about Fox Sports Ohio. No, Fox him? Sports no NFL. He normally does oh. NFL broadcasts. He is not part of the NFL okay. team anymore on Fox well, Sports. That's just the first the first yeah. domino in a chain if if they've already let him go. I don't see how he retains his job anywhere cuz this couldn't be it couldn't have been a first of all a more egregious offense, but then the way it was handled subsequently couldn't couldn't be more ridiculous. I, I can't see how anyone can be associated with them at this point. So yeah. Congratulations, Tom, Tom Brenneman, by the way. Yeah. He spells his name T H O M, which is immediately annoying as fuck, but you are the asshole of the week. Tom, well, Tom, Tom backwards is Mott. Well, yeah, that's a nice, nice way to end it. I uh, kind of circle back around uh, Ryan Dempster's terrible, yes. <laughs> terrible. My, I know Gary mine's Gary. better, right? It, it, it probably was. Better, it certainly wasn't any worse. So, oh, hey, I that. think we, I think, I think not, not guys, anyone who's who listens to this, not to c complete the Smitty and I drooling over the mize, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the mize um, dunning dunning matchup, but they're also the only two pitchers to debut and both throw seven like seven strikeouts each or something like the only like to throw that many strikeout to have to have 14 combined strikeouts in a debut wow 
Like that's the most strikeouts ever in two pitchers debuting. I like in this a, in a game. That's awesome. I think we should do we th- we should do we should end every show now with your factoid of the week that you forgot from previous. <laughs> I for, I for, well, I, there's always one usually. There's always one. So it's always we'll, one. We'll make it a segment. I like it. Oh, and, and real quick, uh, uh, you know, Char- <laughs> Charlie Charlie Henderson. He made the uh, ah. the next. He made the next level travel team. Oh shit! Uh, that's he awesome. Had tri- he had tryouts uh, on Saturday. He made the cut. Only eleven players. Well, I mean, why to thirteen? Why did he have to do a tryout? They should have just looked at his OPS. I mean, that was fucking ridiculous. You know what's funny? So his o- his OPS is <laughs> is I, I think the travel OPS ended at like nine thirty seven. But his OPS and in house, which are a mixture of kids who just want to do it for fun, and that his OPS and in house is like one point five. Nice. It's just freaking insane. Because he's swinging, anyway, at he's swinging at swinging at three zero pitches, isn't he? Oh, he sure is. He's, uh, <laughs> he, he had he had uh, thirteen combined stolen bases. I mean, over seven games. The kid's a uh, he's Again, a phenom. Why did he have to go through a tryout? That should have just been a given. Put him on the fucking team. Yeah, That's they awesome. got to get they got to do tryouts because they had they have extra kids who want to be it on the team versus the year prior. So yeah. anyway, yeah. So he starts fall ball. He's got nice. ten fall ball games. I'm excited. Congrats, that was a Charlie! Surprise, yeah. Can't wait to hear him refer to himself in the third person. Yeah, he is. He's gonna be like Charlie stole a base. To, Charlie stole three <laughs> bases today. Today, Charlie is the greatest. <laughs> today, Charlie cleared the bags and the team won. <laughs> well, that's all, right. all I got I for this week. That's all we got. Add another yeah. new segment. No, I just factoids. just that I'm. I'm excited for the Sox to win their eighth game in a row after Sunday's matchup. Wow. So rivalry weeks continue yes. tomorrow. This is awesome. So enjoy people. You can check us out all weekend and at all times on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. And you can find our podcast everywhere you could possibly look for a podcast. We are there. Subscribe, rate, review, do it. Peace. Peace. I'm an asshole.